0: Welcome to Sportsbeat KC, the Kansas City Star's daily sports podcast. It's Wednesday, January 18th, and I'm Blair Kirkhoff. The NFL playoffs have started, and the Chiefs jump in this weekend when they play host to the Jacksonville Jaguars on Saturday in the divisional round. On today's show, we get a Jags perspective from Clay Harbor. He's co-host of the Believe in Jaguars podcast and spent nine seasons in the NFL as a tight end, including three with Jacksonville. Harbour also played at Missouri State and spent his first three NFL seasons with the Philadelphia Eagles playing for Andy Reid and current Jaguars coach Doug Peterson. We cover that and the Jags' amazing turnaround this season, including their opening playoff victory coming from 27 down to defeat the L.A. Chargers. After a break, we'll take you to the Chiefs' weekly news conference and you'll get the playoff thoughts from Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, and Nick Bolton. Okay, let's get started. Clay, it's great to have you on uh, Sports Beat KC, and I want to tell you just from the kind of from a Chiefs perspective, watching the first weekend of the playoffs, I think uh, I think all of Kansas City believed that uh, the the, the Jaguars Chargers game was going to produce the the Chiefs divisional round opponent simply because they they didn't think that the the Bills or Bengals would lose the next day, and at halftime of Chargers Jaguars. Um, Chiefs fans are figuring out. Well, can they can they beat uh, the Chargers for a third time this year? Turns out, um, did, they don't have to consider that anymore. Well, now they've got to contend with the Jaguars team that showed so much character and grit and toughness, and um, it was it was amazing to see what had happened and what transpired in the second half. Just why don't we start by you taking us through your thoughts and emotions? Uh, in the second half of the super wild card victory by Jacksonville over the Chargers.
1: Man, what a game. I mean, it's it's honestly tough to put that into words. And and this is the, the, the third largest comeback in NFL playoff history. We're talking here. I mean, this was monumental, and especially, you know, as an NFL fan, a historian, and then obviously the NFL playoffs. To do that in the playoffs, there's nothing like it. And for a team like the Jaguars, who were the only the second team in NFL history to come back from a three and seven start to even make the playoffs, to have another comeback right now. It just shows resilience. I you know that their the last five games at home, they've won. But each of these last five games at home, they've won. They were down by nine points at one at one point. So they've come back from nine down to win five straight home games so this team is resilient Doug Peterson has really brought his culture there and me as a fan watching it I mean I was I was like a little kid it was like I was a little kid again I was jumping on my bed like no way like this is crazy like back and I I couldn't believe it and obviously I played with the Jaguars for four years and loved my time there and I just was so excited for Duval County they deserve this one.
0: Yeah played for uh, Doug Peterson also uh, with the Eagles and Andy Reid I want to get into that in a in a minute or two, but you know, one thing um, that occurred to me as I was watching the second half of that game, two things. First of all, I thought Doug Peterson, at his halftime interview, showed a calmness that maybe you wouldn't expect from a coach in that position. Did, did you notice that as well? Oh yeah, on my uh, my podcast, Believe
1: in Jaguars, we uh, we talked about that, and I I made a point. I had it in my notepad. I go, you would not have known that Doug Peterson was down 27 to seven going into halftime at all. He just says, yeah, you know, we got to put, we got to use more tempo. You know, we got to start <laughs> executing a little better, but he did not seem like he was worried at the least bit. His demeanor and him, his calmness, I mean, it that gravitates to your team. That gravitates to your players and his aggressiveness, him going for that fourth down, those fourth down calls, Fourth and two running a sweep to Travis Etienne. Fourth and one, or the or the two-point conversion at the one yard line. You can you can you know get within three points or within two. He goes for it. Like that gravitates to your player. That's why they were so calm, obviously. They they were moving quickly, and they were able to come back and get in that game, is because it all starts with the coach. And he's brought in that culture that they believe and they know that he believes in them and they're going to be aggressive and and, and they're really calm. And I, I couldn't believe it too. It's one of the first things I said, Doug Peterson still believes they're going to win this game. You can tell by his demeanor and his calmness. And they sure did. They came back
0: and won it. Love the two-point conversion call that I think Doug said later that uh, that wouldn't have done it if they hadn't gotten the penalty and, and got, the, got the ball with the one instead of the two. But the other thing, that, that I thought about uh, as as ja- as Jacksonville was was closing the gap was these guys have been in playoff games for the last month you know they they've had their backs yeah. to the wall every game since they were 3 and 7 mm-hmm. after after coming to Arrowhead and you know and losing so you know pressure is, is was nothing to these guys absolutely and that's another thing i stated i said that Tennessee
1: Titans game for all intents and purposes that was a playoff game i mean if you look at that game it's you win you're in you lose you're not that's a playoff game so they had back to back playoff games back to back home games nothing gets you prepared for a playoff game than than a play, better than a playoff game and obviously it's you know it's it's not a bad deal when you're quarterback so Trevor Lawrence after the 2 minute warning went 23 of 29 for 253 yards four touchdowns 142 rating and and outscored the Chargers by 28 points after the 2 minute warning in the first half But obviously, moving forward to this game, they're not going to be able to start that slow against the Chiefs. The Chiefs are the the best team in football with the best quarterback, who I believe will end up being the best quarterback of all time in Patrick Mahomes. I mean, this guy's that he's only 27. He's that talented. But I mean, man, this the the fact that they've had this experience, they've been playing game after game after game to, you know, okay, if we win this one, we're only two games back of the Titans. We win this one. We're only a game back of the Titans. We win this one. There's literally going to be a playoff for the Titans. Then they have to play the Titans. Then they play the actual playoff game. So now I feel like this team, you know, comes in a young team, not, not enough, not a lot of experience. They have
0: experience. No doubt about it. it you know, and just what uh, Jacksonville has done under Doug Peterson just makes me feel good about the future of the organization with him at the helm and and, and Trevor at quarterback. I, I, I saw uh, I saw a couple of Trevor Lawrence's national championship games. I I know what what kind of talent he is, and uh, it seems like Doug Peterson and this coaching staff have, have brought out the best in him, and uh and, and the future looks so bright with him. And you know, it's funny with here in Kansas city where the chiefs ruled their division for so long, you look at the other divisions and I look at the South and think, well, whose turn is it this year? You know, is, uh, is it Tennessee with Derrick Henry? Uh, Did the Colts finally figure it out? Texans have been struggling, you know, what's Jacksonville going to do, but I don't know. I kind of look like this might be the beginning of something really nice for the Jaguars. You know what I said before
1: the game against the Titans, I go, if if the, if the, Titans don't beat the Jaguars today. They're never they're not gonna have another chance for several years. And that's because you got a, a matchup like Trevor Lawrence and and Doug Peterson. Unless somehow the Titans can get a quarterback on that level and and produce a guy like that, then I don't see it happening. I think Trevor Lawrence is proving that he's in that top five discussion. You know, I believe he's number five. And I think that he is going to continue to improve and maybe move up to uh, you know, four, three possible. Obviously, those top three guys are pretty elite guys right now. But uh, you know, I think he's at discussion and has, has proven that in the second half of the season, especially the second half of that game, to be able to come back from that start and to do that. But this team, you got Travis Etienne, young guy, is is playing uh, averages over five yards of carry. Just signed Christian Kirk. He's doing a good job. Zay Jones is there. You, you know, you got some you just signed Cam Robinson, your left tackle. Brian Sheriff, you got a lot of these pieces in place. It's Foye Aluka and led the league in, in tackles this year. You know, you got Trayvon Walker, who's coming on strong. Josh Allen's got a couple years left. He's got another year after this. So, I mean, they got some players now, and they're going to keep getting better. And, and the majority of their team's going to be there. Obviously, you got some free agents coming up, like Jawan Taylor you got Evan Ingram that you, got, you want to try to re-sign. Some of these guys have been big pieces. Evan Ingram, man, this guy's become a matchup nightmare. The, the first game against the Chiefs, he wasn't playing the same football he's playing. now. I think he had three catches for 10 yards. You know, last week he had 90 yards, eight catches, and a touchdown. The guy's really become a matchup nightmare. So uh, I think the future's bright for, for this Jaguars team.
0: So I was going to ask you what um, uh, what what are the big differences from the Week Ten game? The Chiefs, of course, won that game twenty seven seventeen at at Arrowhead. It was a weird game uh, in in many ways. I think both teams left the field that day thinking they you know that they, they can play better football than they did. I Jaguars missed a couple of field goals in that game, and Chiefs were minus three in you know in, in turnover margin here, and you know Mahomes had a pick. They lost a couple of fumbles. It was it was kind of an odd game. I never thought the Super Chiefs game. lost control of the game, but uh, I, I know they didn't feel like they played great. And Jacksonville couldn't have felt that mm. way either. Um, what would have the what have the Jags done? What's different about the team that's coming to Kansas City this time? A lot
1: different. I mean, you remember the big drop from Christian Kirk. You remember yep. the two missed field goals. I mean, there was a lot that happened there and obviously Kansas city wasn't, wasn't playing much, uh, much better uh, according to their, you know, the standard that they've set as a team and a franchise, but honestly, you hear so much about the Jaguars offense. The thing that's actually improved the most on the Jaguars is their defense setting aside, giving up five first half turnovers and and getting, giving up 20, you know, 27 points in the first half. That wasn't the defense's fault. You look back to the five previous weeks, there were, top four defense with a 15.6 per game average under Mike Callum. They weren't playing any great teams. You know, you got the Houston Texans in there. You had the Colts in there. You had the Jets in there with, you know, not, I mean, there were some, some bad teams, but this defense has stepped up since they moved Darius Williams outside, Trey Herndon inside. This defensive secondary has been good. The D line, Josh Allen is, is, pressuring quarterbacks on an amazing clip Arden key coming out of nowhere foyer Luke on playing some really good ball Devin Lloyd, their first round draft pick Trayvon Walker his first, first round draft pick. I mean, there's, there's been some really, really good ball played by this defense and obviously the offense has improved too. The offense goes as Trevor Lawrence goes, you know, he's, he's, he's come on strong. So obviously I don't think the Jaguars are going to be favored and it's still a long shot, but with Doug Peterson calling plays the way he is, Trevor Lawrence coming off of a second half where You have four touchdowns, 253 yards and a half of football. You know, and Travis Etienne's running better. Uh, the biggest offensive difference, I would say, is Evan Ingram. Because Christian Kirk was consistent all year. Zay Jones was consistent. Evan Ingram came on strong these last few games and, and really made a name for – made himself a lot of money, going to be a free agent this year. So I think he's a guy that can be a mismatch problem for the, for the Chiefs.
0: Okay. All right. So um, I can't, Clay, I really appreciate the time you're spending with us, but I got to ask you a couple of, uh, but a couple things in, in your, uh, in your rear view mirror. Uh, you were, uh, you were drafted by Andy Reid's Philadelphia Eagles. And, um, and of course, Doug Peterson was there. Just what was that experience like for you? What, uh, what did, what did you learn? What, uh, what observations do you have of Andy Reid?
1: man, Andy Reid is, is one of a kind. He's really a great guy. And obviously, I mean, you're probably aware of how much his, his players and former players like the guy. And I don't I've ever heard a former player, any of my old teammates say a bad word about Andy. I mean, the guy is unbelievable. He drafted me back in the 2009-2010 NFL draft. And I remember him on the phone, it, you know, as gruffy, hey, Clay, uh, it's Andy Reid here from the Eagles. Uh, we're going to draft you. Uh, and i don't like, well, like, yes, you know, I'm getting, I'm going to be I'm going to the Philadelphia Eagles. It was just such a fun time and meeting Coach Reed and just him seeing how much he had your back. And he was just straight up honest with you. And he's really pulling for you. love my time with him and just how smart and intelligent he is was really something that stood out to you because, you know, people see, you know, the big red, the funny guy, you know, big persona always with the cheeseburgers. But I mean, this guy is actually an offensive genius and he just has a passion for the game and for his players. He would do anything for the players. And that's why the guys love him so much. These guys will do anything for coach Reed play for him. I mean, if he called me up like "Clay, we need you this week. I'm like, I'm strapping him back up. I'm ready to go. That's how much I, you know, I respect and love coach Reed and uh, Doug Peterson was our offensive. Uh, he was a quarterback coach back in those days. And he was just such a relatable dude as a quarterback coach you don't have to be that presence that a a head coach has to be so you could kind of be one of the guys and that's what I always thought about Doug back in the day he was a guy that played he would tell us his old war stories about how they used to do things training camp the games talk about some of the old players he had just tell stories and we'd just be there laughing and Doug was just a smart guy that you could tell had a passion for the game and just learned everything was just always by Andy always learning always by Andy always learning and it's crazy to see how close those two guys were now that they're playing together. It's uh, playing against each other. in this game is, is actually, is, is pretty, is pretty incredible. And um, just Doug, I show up to Jackson, you know, I started doing this NFL media thing this, this last year for the first time and I show up to, to practice at Duval. I'm in training camp, watching the training camp. Doug's on the podium, giving his, uh, you know, giving his interview and I'm just sitting there hanging out with one of my my guys from uh, from ESPN Jacksonville, and he, in the middle of the meetings, Clay Harbor, he always called me Clay Habba. He goes, <laughs> Clay Habba. He goes, how you doing, Clay Habba? And I, Doug, man, good. I'm doing great, man. Good to see you. He's like, good to see you, Clay Habba. And I hadn't seen Doug since he, used to play, since he used to coach as a quarterback coach without a, you know, it's been seven, eight years, maybe 10. I mean, been a long time. First thing he sees me in the middle of his interview, remembers me clay hobb or something personal funny we had and that's just the type of guy doug is like man this guy hasn't changed it's a genuine good guy and you can't help but pull for him
0: that's cool to hear and one last thought um yes you were drafted by the eagles you were drafted out of missouri state you were a yeah player, played for terry allen in springfield uh um <laughs> yeah. i believe I, I don't know if 100 for 100 percent. maybe you know this i think you were the you're the last player from Missouri State to be drafted and maybe appear in an NFL game. I'm not 100% sure on that, but nevertheless, um, what, do you, what can you tell us, just a quick thought on, on your Missouri State career? I love Missouri State, man. Springfield's a great
1: city. I had a lot of fun down there. Yeah, I was a draft pick, obviously, fourth round. I wasn't the last draft pick, though. I got recruited by Randy Ball, and I think he worked for the Chiefs organization yeah. for a while, former Missouri State coach, and then coach Terry Allen came in and took over and I played under coach Terry Allen but uh you know five years down there I got redshirted came in as a wide receiver left as a tight end gained a lot of weight loved Springfield you know it was, it was a great community the, the the university was was beautiful but the, there was a guy drafted the year after me named David Arkin in the third round he didn't really stick but then we still got one player in the NFL his name is Dylan Cole he is a, uh, a Texan or a tight. He's a Texan, and he, he's been playing well, and he's still carrying that flag of the Missouri State Bears
0: league. So we got one of us out there still. Very cool. Well, Clay Harbor, it was so uh, so much fun talking to you and catching up, and I'm I'm really looking forward to Saturday's game. Uh, uh, 3:30 Central Time, 4:30 in Jacksonville. Um, should mm-hmm. be a lot of fun. It'll be great to to see Andy Reid and Doug Peterson in their pregame exchange on the field. I imagine yeah. they'll have their arms around each other and. Share a laugh—that's that, for sure. So, it's like, thank you so much for your time. Appreciate you having me on. Let's go, Jaguars! <laughs> hey, this is Blair. There are several ways to access the Star Sports section. Let me tell you about a couple of them. There's Sports Pass. For twelve ninety nine a month, you get unlimited digital access to all of the Star Sports content, including beat writing, columns, features, pretty much everything we write. The deal renews monthly until you tell us to cancel. For $159.99 a year, you get everything the star has to offer digitally, including sports and the E-Edition. Go to KansasCity.com and drop down to the bottom of the page where it says start a subscription for more information. Your support has never been more important. As always, thanks for reading and listening.
2: All right. Um, The guys that... Won't practice today. It really, it's just McCole. Um, we're just going to back off him a little bit and see if we can't get get it feeling better. He's been pushing it hard, and it's not responding the way that uh, that he wants it, or or you know we want it to. So we'll back off on that. Um, so we look forward to the challenge of uh, everybody else will practice. We look forward to the challenge of playing Jacksonville. We you know we know they're a good football team. We you know they've they've only uh, lost uh, one game since since we played them. So I mean it's uh they're they're playing real good football. Um and, and uh, we know they're they're well coached and so uh we, you know we're we're gonna get ourselves ready uh, this week with with some good practices. The other two I probably should mention to you are Clyde and Jody will will practice um, today. So. Um, we're just we're gonna ease them back in, and just see how see how they do. Uh, try to get them back in the swing of things. <clears throat> Anyways, with that time, yours. Andy, you mentioned things are different with Jacksonville. What stands out to you just from off the top? Of, of course, with the winning, that what stands out to you mostly that you see different from the last time you faced Yeah, their offense is uh, executing very well. Um, I think they're they had, they've got a pretty good grasp uh, of what uh, Doug's expecting from them, uh, and I'd say the same thing with Mike Caldwell's defense that they're uh, they've, got, they've got a lot of phenomenal players on that defense, and they're playing faster uh, than we saw them the, the last time. I, I think they're just more comfortable overall. That the speed comes with that. So, Andy, what is it about Doug and his personality? That- <clears throat> Seems to, guys seem to respond to him as players and sure. seem to enjoy playing for him. Yeah. yeah so he, uh, he played, obviously. Um, and, and he knows uh, the kind of coaching he liked and didn't like. And so within his own personality, he presents it in, in a friendly manner, but yet demanding um, of the guys. And you know, I think that's a positive. I, he was that way. Um, I was with him when he was a player, and I've been with him as a coach, so um, he's got a good way about him.
0: Cody, what stands out to you the most, the, the way he was able to lead that team, how they closed out that season, and, and their ability to come back?
2: Yeah, I, a tremendous coaching job, phenomenal coaching job. I imagine he's up uh, for the coach of the year. I mean, by by uh, his performance and how he's resurrected that, that program there. I and mean, That's not an easy thing to do, and... And he's done it as well or better than anybody. So.
3: Andy, with such a young team, particularly rookies, second-year players, um, is it more positive for you guys to so have played them before this particular game of the postseason? Or are there just normal advantages of knowing that you've at least played this team before?
2: Yeah, I mean, there's going to be some familiarity on both sides, I think. I, I, I think they'll feel the, probably the same way. Um, but they're – uh, we're a little different, and they're a little different in some areas, too. So uh, so I think for the young guys, that was a good experience to play against them. Um, they they know the, the speed of the players that they're going to play against. Uh, but they've put in a few more th- wrinkles in there, so you got to make sure that you get all that covered. But I, I, if I said, will it help you or hurt you, I'd say it probably helped. Uh, um, but... Again, you know, uh, I think those those kids have really progressed and done a nice job with it. Coach, what do you for Trevor Lawrence seeing what he was able to do for interceptions in the first half, bringing the team back in the manner which you did. What to say for that type of confidence that that team is going to have coming into Arrowhead? This oh season? yeah, they'll, listen, they'll be <clears throat> they'll be confident. They should be. So um, he, he did a you know he did a great job of that of not falling apart and. Making it happen, so it doesn't happen very often in this league. He Did a nice job with that, Coach. When it comes to McCall, it sounds like it's been a very unique situation with maybe being able to play,
0: maybe not. Do you guys still have optimism that he'll be back at some point during the season? Uh, yeah, he does, and
2: we do. Yeah, uh, you know, you just you want to try not to take steps back, or and um, it's not that we've taken steps back. It's just that it's not getting where it needs to be, where he can he can go. So my feeling is that if we just back off on it and let him let it rest a little bit here um, and do his rehab and that that it, uh, he has a chance to get better. But we don't you know he doesn't want it and we don't want that we don't want to put him out in a bad situation so where um, he can't where he can't play. Andy, the, I think the
3: one injury from the family <clears throat> was Frank Clark because he appeared to be treated in
2: the right direction. Yeah Frank is uh he is um, been working very hard at that, um, but yes, he's he's progressing. Yeah. Because
0: we're going to get Nick Bolton here shortly. And it seems like after every game, you always make it a point to mention his tackles. But when you look at his entire record season volume of work, how impressive has his production been this year?
2: Yeah, I think he's done a done a great job. Um, he uh, of understanding and leading the defense. So he's got to make all the calls. He's the transmitter between the front and the back end. And so uh, he's done, I just think, a great job of communicating that and still being, with that load, still being the player and making the tackles that he's made. He, he's as sure a tackler as you have in this league right now. So. All right, guys, go
0: ahead fire away. Hi, Patrick. How you doing? Good. It's playoff time. You've been
2: through it. Does it get any better? Does it feel the same?
3: Is there just something that you enjoy about the expectations?
4: Yeah, I think you build up for this all season long. Um, and the, the regular season, you take it week by week. Um, but you want to be here in the playoffs, and you know you're going to play uh, the best football teams in the league, and that's what you want to do as a competitor. And so uh, I'm excited to, to get to go up against a great football team at Arrowhead. That's always a good time.
1: Patrick, what do you think Jarek does well as a receiver? Yeah, I mean, I, he just
4: knows how to be in the right spot. I think that's the biggest thing. Um, he has a good sense of the quarterback timing, uh, when to uh, be in there for protection reasons and when to get out. Um, and then whenever he's hot, he always has his eyes around and he's ready to catch the ball. And then he makes special plays with the, when he gets to catch. He seems like he can get in the end zone almost every single time. So uh, he just, he's a, a vet and a guy that knows what to do whenever he catches the football.
0: The Jaguars really laid the wood to you guys with the one illegal hit on Juju, but then they hit, made some other big hits. Are they a physical defense that does that typically, or was that out of character, or is that the way they
4: would play it? Yeah, I mean, they're, they're a fast, physical team. They, they fly around. They fly to the football. Um, i got to do better at not leading guys into hits like that. Um, so I'll try to protect my receivers the best I can, but uh, we're, we're going to still be aggressive. We're going to throw the ball down the field uh, when we get the opportunities to. Um, but uh, it's all going to start with up front, our guys blocking their defensive line, which is a, has a lot of great players there. So uh, I'm just going to do whatever I can to have success every play that I get the opportunity to. Okay.
1: 17 win, but things have
0: changed because they're starting to win. They got a little momentum. What do you see different?
4: Yeah, I mean, I think the only difference is they might just have uh, a little bit more confidence, just because they're winning football games right now. But they, they're a talented team. I knew that the first time we played them. Uh, you can see the talent that they had. Uh, they were flying around to the football. Uh, they made a few mistakes here and there, and that's why we kind of got the win the first time. But uh, we understand how good this football team is. Um, and how much of a challenge is going to be for us to go out there and try to find a way to get a win. Um, and so we're trying to prepare ourselves the best way possible that, that we can find a way to win it uh, there on Saturday. How close were you with Lawrence having the four interceptions but being able to bounce back and have the kind of second half that he did as a young quarterback? Yeah, no, it's tough, man. Uh, the, the, when you throw three interceptions, especially in the first half, if it's if, or four, four interceptions, especially if it's in the first half, um if, if it's your fault or not, uh, that kind of can see- seep into your mind of how, man, like what decisions am I going to make going forward? Do I protect it or do I stay aggressive? Uh, but he he battled through, man. That, that's a true test of a competitor, man, that whenever stuff's not going your way, uh, to still pull your team to find a way to win. Um, and he's done it at every level, high school, college, and now in the NFL, he's, he's taken that team and they've turned it around fast. Um, so he's a great competitor, man, and we understand it'll be a great challenge. And they have a great football team that's playing, that, that's been playing playoff football for it's like uh, over a month now. So they, they understand how, what it takes to win, and we have to go out there um, and do whatever we can to, to do what we can to win.
0: This will be Trevor's second playoff game, obviously. As you think back to 18, when you had the Colts and the Patriots. What are the challenges for a quarterback when they're entering their, their first playoff run?
4: Yeah, probably just controlling emotions. I mean, you win a, you win a big game. Uh, your first playoff game, uh, you can't be satisfied. I think that's that's the biggest thing. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, other than that, it's just football. You have to just come back and play the next week and uh, find a way to win that next one. Roger, given, where,
3: given where you are in your career and obviously the experience you do have in the postseason, how much do you sort of carve out time to sort of plan or anticipate things that might be unscouted because it's a rematch, because you're going to see, obviously, maybe new things in the postseason? How much time do you sort of carve out for something where – it may not be on film, but you're still trying to anticipate if it might be presented
4: to you. I think I've done a better job of that this year just in general, just because I've played some so many teams multiple times now. Um, you have to you have to know uh, where the defense coordinators came, came from. Uh, Caldwell came from Tampa Bay, uh, where, the, where in the first game, the game they played us, they played us one way, and the second game they played us, they played us a different way. Um, and they've kind of always had different game plans, and he's a great defense coordinator who does a lot of different stuff. So uh, you have to prepare for what they did against us the first time, um, but also with that in the back of your mind that they might change it all the way up, and you have to have answers for that as well. And so uh, I think that's uh, what we have to do as a great offense is have answers for everything, and I- I'm sure they'll, they'll have a good game plan coming in, and we have to execute at a high level to have success. Hi,
3: Nick. Hello, how are you doing? Good. And talk about the emotion right now of knowing everything is about to take a giant step intensity speed everything in the playoffs yeah man i feel like our team we feel that just uh, intensity the focus level in order to compete and uh and win football games in the playoffs man uh, we saw the games last week i mean, up and down just kind of keep your emotions in check and just play all 60 minutes uh come out there and play aggressive play smart football and play sound so uh, we feel that um, and, um, we're excited for it as well uh the most feeling i feel personally is a uh, ex- excitement I'm ready to play. Uh, took a week off. Uh, Feels for like forever, man. So I'm ready to get back out there. Did you watch the playoff games? Yes, ma'am. The wild card games. Yes, ma'am. And were you kind of taking note of how close they were and just you know even I mean Jaguars you know coming back from 27 nothing I mean did it kind of reemphasize you can't take look past anyone in every play matters? Yeah, our coach kind of uh, uh, talked about it a little bit uh, in a couple of days we were in last week. And um, we understand like last year, uh, most games were, were one possession games, including Super Bowl. So uh, kind of the mindset of the playoffs and uh, everybody's competing, man. Everybody got great quarterbacks, great school players, and uh, playing great defense. So it comes down to these little things and situational football. This whole
0: year, it's kind of been about you taking the role at hitch chat with the Green Dot. Just from week one to week 18, now into the postseason, where do you think the communication is at Oh, uh, man, it's on a,
3: on a whole new level, uh, just in communication with just my teammates, uh, Coach Spaggs, and um, just kind of relaying what I see and relaying what everybody else sees on the defense and just kind of relate that to him. Uh, try to put us in a better position. Uh, this game continues to go on and uh, make adjustments at halftime and mid-quarters, and uh, actually uh, kind of in, in between series, too. So uh, a confidence that's on a different level. Uh, I feel like Coach Spaggs has put a lot of trust in me. i would to go out there and do my job along with my teammates, and um, it shows every game.
0: What does that mean to you, just being in the top five, being in the top two of tackles? I've got a
3: first round bye. <laughs> I'm ready to play.
0: Nick, the defense
1: has shown great improvements, especially in the last couple of games. What has gotten into it as you're playing your best, as you need to play your best now? Yeah,
3: man, we just kind of go grow, uh, grow every single day and just kind of fix little things here and there as much as we can. And, um. Again, in playoffs is a lot, lot, lot of things uh, you, you can uh, work on, and it uh, might not be perfect. But uh, execution uh, kind of is a premium, and also just playing with effort, um, and just getting 11 hats to the football, especially on our outside of the ball, um, is important. Um, and uh, you saw turnovers, how big they were during um, games last week, and um, that comes just getting people to the football. And so as long as we can do that, um, play sound football, and um, minimize penalties, we'll be OK. Nick, can you talk about the difference in Trevor Lawrence? You talked about mm-hmm. turnovers to have four interceptions in the first half in a mm-hmm. playoff game to lead a comeback win. What is different about him now facing him than earlier? Yeah, and uh, man's playing with a lot of confidence. Uh, the coaching staff's been in better positions, I feel like, to get the ball out quick. Uh, O-line's playing a lot better. Um, Pass catches. Evan Ingram's been having a hell of a, uh, uh, was it, last eight games, I believe, and so he's been having a back, back half eight games. been great, and um, again, they're just doing a great job of um, minimizing turnovers and um, just maximizing opportunities to go out there and uh, put points on the board. And I kind of feel like that's helped him a lot the last couple games.
0: You mentioned the running back there. What was the key? Because last last, uh, time you faced him, he came into that game on a hot streak. Mm -hmm. What was the key in slowing him down? in that game that you need to carry
3: over to this game. Oh, uh, yeah, man, just rely on our front. Uh, let let our, our front four guys uh, do, uh, do the work for us. And he's got to tackle a lot in space. And uh, we know he's an explosive running back. Uh, I think he was top five in the league in explosive runs, especially outside the tackle. So uh, we've got to minimize those opportunities he has uh, to break tackles on the outside and just tackle well in space. And um, we did that well last week, and it's going to take all 11 up for us to do that again this week. Anybody else? Thanks, Nick. Uh, thank you.
0: That'll do it for today. Thanks to our producer, George Howard, and the Sportsbeat KC staff of Jeff Rosen, Scott Chasen, Monty Davis, and Randy Mason. Tip of the cap to Clay Harbor for sharing his insights on Saturday's game. Morning Sports Edition is loaded with NFL playoff news and full coverage of Kansas State's thrilling overtime victory over Kansas and much more. Go to the site, liveedition.kansascity.com. See what I'm talking about. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back soon with another Sportsbeat KC where we talk sports in Kansas City every day.